0: THN is brought to you by Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. Creators like longtime listener and friend of the show, Carl Smith, and by listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter. Our story this week picks up where we left off last week. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat at Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to welcome you to episode 511 Eleven! of the Two-Headed Nerd Woo! Book Podcast. Wow. What was that from? Oh, uh, what was the movie? Uh, the kid found out he was actually 11. His mom had lied to him about his age. I don't know, dude. It was Cameron Crowe. Uh <laughs> goddamn it It doesn't matter.
1: 11! 11! 11!
0: It is our pleasure to welcome you to episode 511 of the 200 Nerd Congo Podcast. It's time again for the Hanukkah Drunk Show. Ladies and gentle nerds, my name is Matt Baum. We got a little too drunk. And I have been drinking.
1: Yeah, we got maybe a little too drunk for the drunk show this year. My name is uh,
0: Matt Baum. Almost famous. It was almost famous. Yeah, my name is Joe Patrick. I'm
1: the internet's Joe Patrick. In this week's episode, we are struggling. We are slugging. We are slugging (laughs) Manashevitz and reviewing 10 of this week's... You are struggling. Yeah, we are (laughs) reviewing 10 of this Wednesday's new comics with spotlighting reviews of DC's Return of the Freedom Fighters and Grant Morrison's Super Santa Adventures in the Pages of Clouds. And the oh, he's upset. What can yeah, you do? He's real sad. Then
0: we're going to slip on the moist stairs and tumble down mm, to the moist. THN Sanctum Sanctorum where we'll discuss our must-read picks for next Wednesday. And finally, ladies and gentlemen, Miles Morales made the swing to the big screen this week, so it's time for
1: another edition of Nerd at the Movies. Oh boy, we did watch a movie.
0: Look, I know we're late, but we can finally light that final candle on the enchanted menorah we bought from Zatara's garage sale recently, and then we can talk about this week's Hanukkah Nerd news. Nerd She's going to say, Hanukkah Nerd news. Hanukkah Nerd news. <laughs> 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 Oh boy. You're a bad Jew. I've said this yeah, for years. Look, I'm not Jewish. You're
1: bad at I'm it. not at all Jewish. Yeah, well, that's, that's... that's your first problem. Yeah, right. Uh, Hey, big news. Uh, G. Willow Wilson is leaving Ms. Marvel. Kamala Khan's co-creator, G. Willow Wilson, will step away from writing Ms. Marvel in 2019 with writer Saladin Ahmed and artist Minkyu Young, or Jung. Young. Yep. Fulfilling, nope, launching a new volume of the series titled The (laughs) Magnificent... Fulfilling. Fulfilling. The Magnificent Ms. Marvel... This is all according to Entertainment Weekly. We knew G. Willow Wilson couldn't be here forever. Right. Here's a quote from her. I started having this conversation with Sana, that's uh, Sana Amanat, the editor of Ms. Marvel, okay, about the possibility of bringing someone else on board about a year ago, Wilson explained, and she said uh, she's written the title for over 50 issues, and by the time that she gets... To her final issue in February, it'll be 60 issues, five years. How refreshing is it
0: that a creator steps up and goes, you know what? I'm done here. I know, right? I've done the job. Uh, Exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, We don't get that. Normally, we get, let's stretch this out until we're so sick of it, and we
1: don't even want to fucking read it anymore. Yeah, exactly. The quote continues. We had planned up through the end of this year, which would take me to five years on the book, This was coming out of a project we originally anticipated would only have about 10 issues. And I will leave having written 60. No shame on that. That's a huge run. It just seems so incredible that this character, who was just going to be a fun project for both of us, loosely influenced by Sana's own experiences growing up, had become a cultural phenomenon mm. that was going to outlive us both. I don't mean to be like, mm, but it's like, true. No, it's, it's true. getting there. It's getting there. Like, it's true. Like Ms. Marvel, she's definitely like
0: she's in the cartoons now. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. Definitely. Like
1: Ms. Marvel is definitely just like hitting the cultural zeitgeist. She's in becoming a way definitely that without a question. Most characters do not.
0: And I think it's great, and I think it's wonderful, and I think bringing on a guy like Saladin Ahmed, who we both loved on Black Bolt, who's do, who's killed it on the first issue of Miles Morales, like that guy is a new voice that is kicking ass. Yeah, for sure. And we both love Miss Marvel. This the 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 story has been fucking great, and we knew she couldn't be here forever. I completely applaud her for stepping down and saying, "Look, I'm leaving it on a high note." You know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the Barry Sanders, and I'm leaving on a high note, and uh,
1: that's an old school football. Reference. Barry Sanders, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bo Jackson, right? <laughs> no. Bo don't know Diddley. Uh, Bo don't know M- Ms. Marvel. Oh no, uh, the Magnificent Mrs. Marvel is coming back in 2019. So here's a little bit from uh, Saladin about the book. Uh, without giving too much away, there's going to be big canvas Marvel scope happening in this book. So it's going to be Ms. Marvel, like leveling up. Yeah, and it's time. She's not an
0: introductory character anymore. She's a kid, sure, right? But like Miles has his own book. She's got her own book. It's time to lift these characters into the Marvel U for sure. You know, and yeah, and let's make them part of something. Let's I am do it.
1: Into it. They can't be little kids forever. I think this is great. I do too. I, I, like Ms. Uh, Wilson has had a wonderful run in the book. Yeah, and you know she's earned her time. To take a break from it. And we are super excited about Saladin Achmed as a writer. And this is good news. Good news. I think this is awesome. In a little weirder news, Ian Zerling. I believe his name is pronounced Ian Zering. Easy. Oh, you're right. Ian.
0: Ian Zering of 90210 fame has been cast as Blue Devil. For the DC Universe's upcoming Swamp Thing series, because Joe, we both know, you can't make a Swamp Thing series without Blue Devil, right? I mean, (laughs) where would it be? Devil.
1: (laughs) Blue Devil.
0: The actor subsequently confirmed the casting in a tweet, saying, "I could not be more thrilled to be a part of Swamp Thing."
1: Yeah, I bet he's thrilled to be part of anything. Yeah. So, a little
0: bit about uh, Blue Devil, which most of you. Probably don't know shit about, because there's no reason you should. Yeah, right. Blue Devil was a stuntman turned movie star named Daniel Cassidy. He became semi-famous after playing the demonic Blue Devil. But now, eight years later, Cassidy finds himself living out his days in frustration, pining for his former fame while on a collision course with Destiny. (laughs) Oh, man, on a collision course with destiny, even. Originally created in 1984 by Dan Mishkin, Gary Cohn, and Paris Collins, Blue Devil starred in a 32-issue solo series that I'm pretty sure only I care about. Sure. And has since been a guest star in several books and a member of teams such as Shadow Pact and Justice League Dark. In comics, Dan Cassidy was a stuntman who designed a practical effects bodysuit for a Blue Devil movie, and lo and behold, while wearing the suit on the set, whoops! a demon was accidentally Things settled. Things happened. Was accidentally summoned. And uh, it was an accident. Blasted Cassidy uh, with some kind of demon ray. Demon stuff. That put a spell on him and permanently burned oh, the stuntman to the suit. Stuck in it. Very much like the rhino, but stuck in it. As fate would have it, right. he was later transformed into an actual demon. Right, a for real demon. By Neron. Oh, man. He's like that the DC point, devil. Neron may have done him a favor. What? Why? Because you're not wearing a costume anymore.
1: Now you're just a demon. Yeah, but you're. A demon. He had to poop in that costume, Joe. (laughs) All
0: right,
1: think about that.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Ziering is best known for playing Steve Sanders on Beverly Hills 90210, and recently had a career resurgence with Sci-Fi's Sharknado franchise. We're laughing with him, not at him. According to a timetable released by DC Universe earlier this year, Swamp Thing he's anticipated to debut in August 2019. I have to ask. Yeah, we all said a Swamp Thing series seems a little strange. Yeah, now that we know the it, Blue it, Devil it is does. there, yeah. we can all settle down, right? I mean, I feel <laughs> much better. Yeah, we can about all it. just relax. Yeah, yeah, the Blue yeah, Devil's yeah. here; it's going to be
1: fine. Is this weird? This is weird as fuck, right? Uh, I mean, Blue. I love Blue Devil, look, and he is a supernatural character. I love Blue Devil too, but what the fuck, man? I, look, I don't know. Look, look. This is the part. This is the part that I'm more concerned about. In other DC news, this
0: yeah this
1: blah. Joel McHale from Community, who we both admittedly love, yes, without a doubt, yeah, for I'd real. vote for him for president at this uh, point. Yeah, sure, okay. Joel McHale has been cast as Starman, but not that Starman. Starman, not that Starman. Starman, not that Starman. Starman. (laughs) In the DC Universe Stargirl live action series, uh, again, this is according to Variety, Mikhail will reportedly play Sylvester Pemberton, who in the comic books was called the Star-Spangled Kid. Not Starman. And later, Skyman. Not Starman. Again, Two times, not Starman. <laughs> yes. Uh, actually, he actually turned down the role of becoming Starman in the comics. The Hollywood trade re- uh, describes Mikhail as the Golden Age Starman, which boy is it baffling? Yes, because he's not the Golden Age uh, Starman. Sylvester Pemberton, some Sylvester Pemberton, Star Spangled Kid. Okay. Uh, here's a quote, uh, a description of the character from whomever, I, I guess DC. A courageous and confident superhero, Starman is a member of the Justice Society of America. He wields a mysterious anti-gravity weapon called the Cosmic Staff and has a longtime sidekick named Stripesy. No, he does not. Oh. No, he doesn't. Who is better known as Courtney Whitmore's stepfather? Come on. Pat Dugan. Why? Why? Why have we chosen to fuck this up? Why have we chosen to mix this up? In the comic books, Stargirl was mentored by another starman, Jack Knight, who listeners to this show will know is one of my favorite comic books. Favorite comic book characters, one of all all time too. He's got the tattoos to fucking prove it. It's true. It's true. However, she did have a connection to Pemberton. Yes, they were related. When she first became a superhero, she called herself the Star Spangled Kid, which is in tribute to Pemberton's original identity. Here's my
0: question. Yeah, why do we fuck with this? Why fuck with this? I don't know, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense.
1: So, okay, in the comic Like, why not just say, like, no, it's not that guy. It's the other guy. Why fuck with this? Sylvester Pemberton was the Star-Spangled Kid, the original Star-Spangled Kid. He had a sidekick named Stripesy, who was Pat Dugan. Right. And uh, And he he was, like, the great-grandfather? No, 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 none of that. Pat Dugan married oh, no. stepfather. Yeah, stepfather. Pat, Pat Dugan married Courtney Whitmore's right. mom. Right, so he was Courtney's stepfather. So there's your story.
0: That's fine. exactly. Just exactly. do that. Exactly. Just
1: fucking do that. Exactly. Why does it have to be Starman? Why do you need to erase? The Knight family. Right. You do not. It makes no sense. You do and, not. I don't like, oh, we're doing it out of respect for no. James Robinson and starting. Fuck that. No. That's stupid. This is in disrespect. Yes. Disrespect. And to James Robinson. And it leads Starman. me to believe
0: this is going to be a comedy.
1: Why do you think it's going to be? Because
0: Joel McHale is a comedic actor. I
1: understand. But Joel McHale You don't can hire do other Joel things. McHale
0: to do that. You don't. Whatever, whatever. He's whatever. not Tom okay, Hanks. Fine, okay. That's fine. He's that's not. All right all
1: right all right, all, right, all right, all right, all
0: right. I'm sorry. He's not. I'm not excited for this. I think it's fucking weird. I don't understand why we're fucking with the continuity here. It doesn't make sense. Blech. I'm done. It's a mess. It's a mess. I don't... <sighs> Joe Patrick, moving on. I don't like it. Moving on.
1: I don't like it. Get ready for Old Man Spidey. I still don't like it.
0: Oh, man. I can't wait for fucking Old Man Kitty Pride. It's going to be great. Marvel has announced Spider-Man Life Story, a project that reexamines the life of Peter Parker as though the character had aged in real life following his 1962 debut. In 1962...
1: Press release time! Oh,
0: sorry. Press release time! Sorry. In, in 1962, the world watched as teenager Peter Parker was bitten by a radio after spider. Some of you may remember this. Allowing him to become... It happened. ...the Amazing Spider-Man! Well, it's been 57 fucking years since The Amazing Fantasy 15, the story that brought everyone's favorite wall crawler into the Marvel Universe and jump-started some of the most adventurous superhero stories ever. But what if Spider-Man... Had aged at the same rate as our world. What? So Chip Zdarsky, who we both like, is going to be writing this, and artist Mark Bagley, who I like sometimes, yeah, and other times I say, God, Mark Bagley, please stop drawing this. He's Mark. Ba- <laughs> He's yeah, going to be know. working He's Mark on it. Begles. They're doing a tale encompassing the entire history of Spider-Man from beginning to end set against the key events of each decade. As the series kicks off in March, the year is 1966, and Peter Parker must determine where his power and responsibility truly lies as the nation becomes embroiled in the Vietnam War.
1: Dun-dun-dun!
0: Thank you, darling.
1: <laughs> Peace out! Peace out. Out. out! For bomber out! bomber
0: out! For years now, Joe Patrick yep. and myself uh-huh. have been bitching that they are not allowing Peter Parker to grow as a character.
1: Well, this isn't that. This is uh This no,
0: this is this is that. This no. is exactly that to the logical extension that
1: we don't fucking want. Wh- no. This, I don't want this. This is just like a what if. I get it. Uh, what if Spider-Man aged in real time? But it's also like
0: a shut the fuck up to old assholes who are, uh, to like us. who are like, oh, you want him to grow? Okay, fine. Spider-Man is 75. <laughs> like,
1: no, fuck you. I don't Come think Come on. I don't man. think that. I don't think that. <laughs> it's just a minis. Are you interested what? in this? Sure. Chip Zdarsky, Mark Bagley, of course. Why wouldn't I be? I like them both. I don't know how interested in this I am.
0: Honestly, I don't know how I'm. I, I, I like I I, guess I want my uh, characters to grow and I want them to and age an asshole, and like. I want them to mature. I don't want them to be geriatric.
1: This isn't like the ongoing status quo I get of it. Spider-Man. I know, it's just I know a story. I'm not excited. That's all I'm saying. I'm excited. I like Chip Zdarsky. I like what he's done with Spider-Man. Mark Bagley. Yeah, <laughs> I love Mark Bagley. I do love Mark. Bagley. I have mad respect for Mark Bagley. But like. Marcos Martin is doing the covers. Why isn't Marquis why isn't Marque- Marcos Martin just drawing yeah. the
0: book? Jesus Christ. Um, him and Javier. What's the other guy? Javier Polito. Yeah. Let um, them do yeah, it. Yeah. Like let, pl- let Martin and Polito do it. Yeah, please. Ooh, yeah. You are right, guaranteed awards. Yeah. Oh, come on. Here comes so, that Harvey. Yeah, the <laughs> <I'm laughs> like, g- Harvey. Yeah, the Harvey. The Harvey's uh, important. Okay. Don't take, take anything away from the fucking the Harvey. Harvey Sure, award. it's not an Eisner, but it's a Harvey.
1: Yeah, I know. I know, I'm just
0: kidding. Okay. That is your Nerd News for the week, but I guarantee we missed plenty of shit while pissing off the Harvey Award voters, so hit us up.
1: Suck our, it, guys. On our, Sorry. our
0: THN forum's big news section, or better yet, tune in to Cover to Cover, live every Saturday, where we broadcast from our Facebook page from 11.30 to 12.30 Central Standard Time. It's like sports talk for nerds, and you control the content. So it is up to you to call us at 402-819-4894. Or if that number is too much for you to remember, and I get it, I have trouble after 402, you can click the call now button on our Facebook page. So it's easy. All right? Just do it. If you can't be there live, you can leave us a message or you can send us an MP3 to TwoHeadedNerd at gmail.com. Now, here's the thing. If you're trying to call and you can't get
1: through. Leave a message. Leave a message. We're going to play it. It's review time in the ziggurat. And this week we're opening the last of our Hanukkah gifts. Matt, tear yours open and tell these nerds what you're reviewing this week. I'm
0: so excited, but it's kind of ironic Because I'm reviewing a comic book about Santa Claus It's called Klaus and the Crying Snowman The One Shot From Boom It's written by Grant Morrison With art by Dan Mora And it's 48 pages for $7.99 again Man Here's your solicit The best holiday tradition in comics Returns in the next chapter of the epic Santa saga By visionary Grant Morrison And Eisner Award nominated artist Dan Mora Klaus has to help an absentee dad turn snowman make amends before melting away for good. It sounds completely cheeseball. I know you're shaking your heads. Stay with me here, and probably before he's defeated by a pantheon of Norse gods and their minions. All a day's work for Santa Claus. Grant Sa- Morrison's Super Santa stories have become a holiday tradition, and his latest entry in Klaus's saga might be his best. Here. Morrison runs wild with his insane Santa mythos, bringing in tales of aliens, cyclopean tree monsters, godlike versions of early Santa Claus prototypes, my favorite being the Yule Goat, and of course, under it all, a sweet holiday story about a man finding redemption through Santa's example.
1: I liked the uh, communist Santa that rode around he, on a tractor.
0: He was so cool.
1: <laughs> While completely nuts,
0: there was an army of flying of sentient bagpipes in one scene. Morrison writes Claus. With real heart. He's a brawny badass with wolves pulling his sleigh, but Klaus has the heart of Superman, Captain America, and Santa all smashed together. Dan Mora is the perfect choice to bring the bizarre world of Klaus to life, with his art atoms-like detail and his amazing coloring. Mora comes from an old-school superhero comics, and the guy knows how to do a splash page. Man. His paneling and his character designs are just as nuts as Morrison's sprawling story, but the two manage to tell a complete and cohesive plot in 48 pages that a lot of creators can't do in even a six-issue miniseries. This one has it all: gods battling cyborgs, giant man goats, shirtless Father Frost, amazing art, and a feel-good ending. Perfect for a holiday special issue. I loved it. Klaus and the Crying Snowman is an expensive read at seven ninety-nine, but it's worth a buy. It.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really good. I didn't read the last Klaus series. I read the first issue and just and didn't continue on past that. Um, but this, you know, I didn't have too much trouble keeping up. You know, the concept's pretty broad. He's like an archetypical Santa warrior. Yeah. And you you get the, the broad strokes as you go. It's packed full of Morrison's goofy, bonkers crap. Uh, but Dan Moore's art is phenomenal.
0: It's he's so phenomenal. Good. Yeah, he's uh, really, really talented.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed this. I'm giving it a buy at as well.
0: Joe Patrick, tell us about the good fight.
1: All right. My review is of Freedom Fighters, number one from DC Comics. It's written by Robert Venditti, pencils by Eddie Barrows, inks by Eber Ferreira, colors by Adriano Lucas and letters by Darren Bennett, who I apologize. I never mentioned again past this sentence. It's 32 <laughs> pages for $3.99. You know, not for lack of appreciation or anything. He does a good sure. job. Yeah.
0: Nice job on this one, Duran.
1: Here's your solicit. Line up for this all-new maxi-series set on Earth-X, where the Nazis won World War II. Twenty years after invading and occupying America, Germany wiped out all metahuman resistance, including the original Freedom Fighters. Fast forward to the present day, and a new team of Freedom Fighters emerges to challenge the Nazi occupation once again, but if they're to have any chance of victory, they're going to need Uncle Sam, who disappeared after his original team was killed. The 12-part epic Death of a Nation storyline kicks off right here. Matt and I have talked at length about our general apathy for the Freedom Fighters.
0: I thought I talked about my apathy and you liked them.
1: Yeah, but you know, like, they're okay, but they never really stick with me. Fair enough. And I think that part of that stems from the fact that the concept has been rebooted and forgotten, rebooted and forgotten over and over again. Oh, yeah. This series resets the team back to their original concept superhuman resistance fighters on an alternate earth where the Nazis conquered the United States. Instead of following one group of freedom fighters, this issue introduces a whole new team after the originals were slaughtered 55 years earlier. We don't get a whole lot of character building for the new team just yet. Rather, Venditti spends his time fleshing out the status quo of this new world, giving us a glimpse of what life is like under this modern Nazi regime. And establishes a mystery about the current Fuhrer, the son of Adolf Hitler. But they stop short of showing you who he is. Plus, we get plenty of tough-talking, Nazi-bashing dialogue like, damn you ratsy thugs! <laughs> and, you want one last slice of apple pie? Come and get it!
0: That was stupid. <laughs> it was
1: awesome. Shut up. Eddie Barrows has always been a talented artist, but I feel like he's grown by leaps and bounds over the past couple years, He and Ferreira's art is heavily shaded, setting an intense mood to every scene. Ferreira excels at both facial expressions and action scenes, so everything is visually interesting, regardless of what's on the page. The scene where the plastic men show up? And dispatch the resistance is legitimately yeah. terrifying.
0: Yeah, it was. And I love their accents. They're like, we have come to find
1: you. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Adriano Lucas's colors also have a big hand in setting each scene in the earlier pages of the book where the resistance is defeated and hope is lost. the cutter The colors are suitably dark, but they're not muddled. And when the new Freedom Fighters arrive, there's a sudden vibrancy. Each member of the art team delivers incredible work here. Though we don't know too much about them just yet, this new version of the Freedom Fighters might be the one that actually gets me to care about the concept. And that's down to Robert Venditti's excellent world building and the outstanding artistry of Barrows, Ferreira, and Lucas. I'm giving Freedom Fighters number one a huge buy it.
0: I I really enjoyed this as well. I didn't expect to, because like you said, I've never really cared about the characters. I did feel like the beginning felt sort of just like it was a cold opening. We're like, all right, the Freedom Fighters, they're here. Here we go. We're going to get our friends. Oh, shit, they're all dead.
1: Yeah, I mean, they (laughs) have to set the scene, right?
0: Yeah, and it worked. And you're right. We didn't learn a lot about the new ones, but that's not what this was. It was the reintroduction of the idea. They're all new. They're all different. Uncle Sam's out there. The art was fantastic. I really enjoyed this. I'm giving it a buy it too.
1: Excellent so that is a double buy it for freedom fighters number one and for Klaus and the crying snowman number one we'll post our written reviews over at twoheadednerd.com so santa knows just how bad we've been this year but we want to hear from you too so call us email us tweet at us facebook us whatever works for you but we need to know what you thought of this week's comics
0: Now, every good Jew knows that on the eighth night of Hanukkah, Hanukkah Harry visits every good Jewish household with presents, and he just so happens to leave us eight more of this week's comics. Joey, let's tear into the rest of our Hanukkah gifts and review these little Hanukkah miracles during the Ludicrous Speed
1: Round! Ludicrous Speed, go! Extermination number five from Marvel! Speaking of ending events, Which totally would have made sense if you had posted these in the order that I wrote them. Okay. (laughs) Extermination number five sees the end and the beginning of the kid cable mystery and finally closes the door on the original teen time lost X-Men. See ya. (laughs) Lots of slam bang mutant action from Ed Brisson and Pepe Larraz with lots of time travel weirdness. I don't know. I don't know why, but I love it. When the X-Men time travel I love X-Men time travel shenanigans
0: They've been doing it for so long I love it too I mean it's just part of the gig
1: And Ahab is a ridiculous villain That doesn't get used enough
0: I don't even know what Ahab does
1: uh, He's from the future And he raises mutant slaves To hunt other mutants Okay
0: That's where Rachel <laughs>
1: Summers it. comes from Got it Plenty of status quo altering events Happened here And a last page reveal That I was totally expecting Just not in this series For some reason I thought we were going to get it Somewhere else Extermination has been a great little X event and the most fun I've had with the mutants team books in a while it is a buy it. Defenders the best defense number one from Marvel.
0: Well writer Al Ewing did it he made me care about the Defenders who I have never given a crap about before and while a couple of these one shots kind of left me bored and wanting the ones that he wrote were really good and they all tied together perfectly here. This story was outrageous ridiculous magic and cosmic Marvel fun. They finally feel like a team. There's a scene where the Silver Surfer is surfing on Namor, and it's totally ridiculous, but it was too much fun. I had a great time with this. I'm excited for this book. I'm giving it a
1: buy it. Infinity Wars Fallen Guardian from Marvel. I can't really say much about this issue without spoiling the big death in Infinity Wars number 6, but this was a wonderful send-off to a character that I've always enjoyed. Fantastic, heartwarming script from Jerry Duggan with excellent art by Andy McDonald. Fallen Guardian is by far my favorite Infinity Wars tie-in of the whole event, just in time for it to be over. Bye!
0: I can't believe they killed Razorback. That kind of shocked me. I know, right? You know?
1: (laughs) Team Titans number 25 from D.C. I
0: haven't been reading Teen Titans, but when I heard this was the origin of Crush, Lobo's feisty daughter, I admit, I was morbidly curious. Writer Adam Glass tells a sad story of a little girl that fell from space 15 years ago only to be discovered by two adorable drug addicts at Burning Man who make references to Molly and the dark web amongst other things that did not exist 15 years ago. The story is sappy and ends quite predictably with an evil drug dealer behind everything. This is more Crush's lame earth origin than an actual origin and I don't think we've actually learned that she is Lobo's daughter yet. Crush comes off as an unlikable, angry character that's angry because it's easier to write than being complicated. Teen Titans has some real buzz behind it, but this issue did not do much for me. I'm giving it a skimmit because the art was pretty.
1: They they introduced her as Lobo's daughter from the very first issue. Yeah, but they keep hinting like, maybe not. Oh, I don't know. I mean,
0: we don't don't know for sure. Like, why are we playing this game if she's not? Hmm. It's, I don't
1: know. Betty and Veronica, number one from Archie. I had high hopes for this relaunch after the strength of Archie 700, but I was a bit let down. Jamie L. Rotante's script is dull, splitting its time between explaining things that happened off-panel and putting Betty, Betty and Veronica in predictable situations.
0: Like they always want to eat hamburgers, right? They're <laughs> hungry yeah, for just hamburgers. Like
1: hamburgers nonstop. Yeah. I don't know who was responsible for what, but the art by Sandra Lands and Kelly Fitzpatrick is stiff and lifeless. It's not that it's especially bad, but it's completely forgettable when compared to the fun and mystery that Archie 700 delivered. Betty and Veronica, number one, gets a leave it for me.
0: I thought it was funny how they kept doing that, like, I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. That's, like, yeah, that's, that's a was different, different I comic. I like that, yeah. Live Wire, number one from Valiant. After the events of Harbinger's War II, PSYOTs are widely considered public enemy number one. See what I did there? But that won't stop Livewire from putting the gang back together and fighting the good fight. A.K.A. Amanda, Livewire has massive technopathic abilities that give her godlike powers, but she's dealing with the repercussions of her actions as innocent civilians were killed while she was rescuing her PSYOT buddies. Vita Ayala and artists Raul Allen and Patricia Martin present another very real world superpower story that's steeped in valiant continuity, so much so that it is not a great jumping on point. If you want to get on board here, start with the fantastic Harbinger Wars number two, and then you can roll into live wire. Now, Normally, I would downgrade my review score for a first issue that isn't very new reader friendly, but that seems to be business as usual at Valiant. They are building a universe here. Yeah, yep. Livewire number one gets a buy Aquaman
1: 43 from DC. In the wake of drowned Earth, an amnesiac Arthur washes ashore on a remote island and ends up being cared for a young woman named... Kale? Kale? It's, it's spelled it's spelled C-A-I-L-L-E, but I don't know how to pronounce that any other I'm way saying than I'm kale. saying Cali. I'm saying The solicit said Callie but the script said Kale. Okay. And as a lifetime of horror movies has taught us, there's something strange going on in this island village. So, Kelly Sue DeConnick's long-awaited run on Aquaman is here, and I have to admit, it took me a while to get into it. Arthur is stuck on a remote island with amnesia, completely unaware of his life before being rescued from the drink, and there wasn't much more to it than that at first. But once the conic started dropping hints about the nature of the island and its inhabitants, I started to get a lot more curious about what was going on. Did the villagers steal Arthur's memories to convince him to be their champion? I'm at this point I'm not sure, they may have. Robson Rocha's art is phenomenal. It's got a very thin line, ethereal, almost Charles Vess-style quality to it. Very fitting for this modern fable. It took a few pages, but I should have trusted Kelly Sue. I'm definitely on board for Aquaman's new journey. It's a buy I gotta, I gotta read it.
0: I've, you piqued my interest. I gotta
1: read it. like it. Hardcore, number one from Image.
0: Writer Andy Diggle returns from exile, seemingly, to give us this story of a secret government program that allows agents to possess the body of other people through a chip fired from a sniper rifle. This makes them able to infiltrate and assassinate terrorists and criminals like never before. But a spurned creator of the program wants revenge and gives the story a nice little twist. Think 24 meets the Bourne franchise with a little more future tech. Alessandro's viddy's scratchy art fills the book with violent action and spastic paneling. This felt like a great TV pitch for an updated version of the human target. Hardcore number one will get to it. Ping, spang, patoo, fatang, ping, toink. That is your ludicrous speed round. And ping, spang, patoo, fatang, ping, toink. is the sound of Aquaman deflecting bullets with his spinning five dent. It's got... Five little stabbers, not three. Trident is three, five den is five. As seen in the pages of Aquaman Jabberjaw, the special, this onomatopoeia of the week was submitted by Covert Nerd via the THN forums. If you want to submit an onomatopoeia of the week, you can impale it on the end of your five and throw it at our faces, or just send it to any of our social media and shoot us an email at, at gmail.com. Normally, we go to the THN Sanctum Sanctorum to get really messed up. Oh, yeah. It's the holidays, and the party's already started. Now, Joe, I didn't plan on being this drunk before we summoned Krampus. Yeah, me as neither. our secret weapon to win the war on Christmas. But, uh, hey. Watch these steps, buddy. They get a little... Fuck!
1: Oh, oh me. God damn it! Ah, okay. Okay, I'm hurt bad. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we share bodies, body, so I am hurt bad, too.
0: Okay. All right, Scratch
1: Krampus. We're going to take a short yeah.
0: rest. We're going to roll some God D6s to get Ugh. some hit points back after that tumble. Joe? My hit points. Ooh, I'll roll first. Yeah, okay. And uh,
1: <sighs> you tell these nerds about your must-read pick for next week. Some bitch. Ah. <laughs> All right, I guess. Asting. <laughs> My pick for next week is X-Force number one from Marvel. like you're crying. <laughs> I am in bad shape. It's from Ed Brisson, the writer with art by Dylan Burnett. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Here is your solicit. Cable is dead! And now the original X-Force team of Domino, Cannonball, Shatterstar, Boom Boom, and Warpath must hunt down the murderer of their former leader. Okay, quick timeout. Was Boom Boom a member of this team? Yes. She was? Yes. Why do I remember this? I don't know. The mutant militia are hot for blood when their target is the time-traveling younger version of their fallen mentor. Is Teen there- cable, we're calling teen it. Teen cable. Kid <laughs> cable. We're calling <laughs> kid it cable, Kid Cable. Kid cable, Sorry. Uh, is there a line they absolutely cannot cross? And what does Deathlock have to do with all of it? They bought it. They bought it. There's a Deathlock. Yeah, they paid for it. Uh, That's all he has to do with it. So, Ed Brisson, writer I, of Extermination. I fucking loved when Deathlock joined that team, by the And Old Man Logan. Art from Dylan Burnett, who drew Cosmic Ghost Rider. Here comes an all new high octane mutant adventure. A Reckoning will come. Totally in. Uh, Completely
0: in. Me too. This sounds like fun as hell. I, I know. love this team. I love Cannonball on a team. I love Warpath. I, love I am Warpath. so happy. Happy to have Warpath back. I that, do love Warpath. I love that character. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't remember Boom Boom on the original X-Force. She was
1: not uh, there. Maybe not. She was not there. It doesn't
0: matter. I like Boom Boom. Yeah, right. I'm just saying she wasn't there. It doesn't matter. I know. I'm just saying. Okay. There's rules. What's your pick? My pick for next week is Dr. Specter with a K from Dynamite. Regina Specter, <laughs> Written by Mark Wade with art by Neil Edwards. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Here is your solicit. TV legend, Wall Street wolf, internet mogul, tabloid bad boy, master metaphysicist, spiritualist, monster hunter, Dr. Adam Spector, all of these things, and less. For 15 years, Spector has traveled the globe to smoke out and defeat werewolves, vampires, ghosts, and everything else that goes bump in the night. Yet, his success has brought him no peace. Some part of him is missing. Something he needs but can't name. But he's about to find out what's missing in an unlikely place. Unlock another piece of the Gold Key universe. <laughs> Courtesy of Mark Wade, who wrote Daredevil and The Yeah, yeah, and Neil Edwards. Okay, here's the thing. I love these Gold Key heroes. I have no reason why I love them. I truly don't even no. know. I don't. Other than those old like covers, the old gold key covers of like Dr. Solder and Dr. Spectre. Yeah, shit, right, right. That right, look right, so cool. Right, yeah, the yeah. stories were terrible. Right. <laughs> I never loved them, but I want them to be great. And if sure. Mark Wade is doing this, I trust Mark Wade. And I do too. This sounds yeah. fucking awesome.
1: Yep. I'm in. All right. The THN trade of the week goes to Witchhammer. It's an original graphic novel from Aftershock comics written by Cullen Bunn with art by Dalibor. They can't call it Hammer the Witches because Led Zeppelin wouldn't let them. Hammer those witches. Uh, okay, here's the part that I'm <laughs> not really on board with. It's 64 pages for 19 yeah. Eh. yeah. Here's your solicit. Witch. The word conjures images of hags in black robes and crooked hats standing over cauldrons of bubbling brew. But witches are among us. And we do not realize it. They are our friends and neighbors. They are our family members. They are our idols, son of a bitch. And someone is murdering them. A killer is stalking witches, hunting them down mercilessly. Agents Frontenac and Guinness are on the killer's trail. Those are great laugh names. (laughs) But as they delve deeper into the hidden magical world around them, they are hunted not hunted, but haunted mm. by a terrifying question: Is the killer doing the right thing? Maybe witches are bad, witches right? Sometimes are bad. Yeah, you gotta kill the witches. Uh, so, uh, sixty-four pages for twenty bucks is uh, kind of a bad deal. But yeah. uh, the cover of this book has—is it a hardcover? Uh, two secret agents doing their like secret agent poses with their guns out. Is it a hardcover? Also, I don't know. You're not answering the question. I don't think so. Oh. But also, like, a giant minotaur man. A giant minotaur man doing, like, a Charlie's Angels spy pose. So, like, a
0: minotaur is their
1: partner? Kind of. And I was like, oh, that's...
0: Yeah, I might pay 20 bucks for that. Pretty cool. I fucking love Minotaur. It's super cool. I love minotaurs. Yeah, dude. Uh, You know what? My favorite thing about minotaurs? What? When they're not bad guys. Yeah, for sure. Because most times, minotaurs are the bad guy.
1: Yeah, definitely. Right. Minotaurs are as, as When they're good.
0: good guys? Remember that minotaur that cooked fucking dinner for Wonder Woman?
1: Yeah, right. I love yeah, that like shit. Yeah, like the guy that- the, I fucking love- He's the a mini- vegetarian! The minotaur that was like the butler of- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonder was, Woman's was, embassy No, he was or her whatever. chef. He was her chef. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Greg Recco wrote that shit. And he was vegan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he,
0: he was so sweet! Uh, I just love it.
1: I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna be The any story good. sounds great. Story I don't know if it's great. worth the money but I do love a Minotaur secret agent.
0: And uh, you know, the week that's coming up is super uh, skimpy, so we had very to something. slim, my there dudes. Very slim. So there you have our picks for Wednesday, December twenty-sixth. But we want to know you nerds are reading too. Shoot us some leftover Xmas cheer, or shoot us some leftover Xmas cheer at any of our social networking platforms. But don't forget to make sure all your picks are added to your pull file. It's like a little post Christmas miracle that you can do for your local comic book store. It's the least you can do. How can this be? Um, Does your local comic book store know it's Christmas time at all? I mean, really?
1: Do they know it's Christmas time at all? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse Hit Theaters Last weekend, and of course, Matt and I were the first in line, so we could bring you our official spoiler-free, spoiler-free nerd at the movies review of Spider-Man: Into the Spider-Verse. I told everybody we
0: got invited to a screening. We didn't. No, we just went. Yeah, we just went. <laughs> we just went. Yeah. Um. So Phil Lord, who directed the Lego Movie and wrote the Lego Movie, Christopher. Yeah, Lord and Miller, the right, the masterminds behind the Lego movie, the guys that were fired from Solo, wrote this, and yep. I gotta say, the animation team behind this did one of the most impressive animated films I have ever it seen. It was incredible. It incredible. moved at ridiculous speed. Yeah, it was like, so artistic and so well done and so perfectly Miles Morales in the sense that it was, like, it was hip-hop, it felt fresh. It was hip-hop, It felt fucking new. It looked great, you know, and, like, there were things about it that, like, captured... Every aspect of comic books that we love, where like when heroes were doing things and they'd be like Biff, Bam, Boom, like right out of old school
1: sure. Batman. Yeah, you know, like the '60s show.
0: There were yeah, yeah,
1: animated sound effects, but yeah. at the mm-hmm. same
0: time, like the animation in this, they made it a little herky-jerky and a little out of focus here and there, so it almost looked like it was toy mation. It looked like almost looked like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer type shit. Where like someone was taking pictures and moving action figures, it the word you're looking for is stop motion. Well, stop, but the phrase you're looking for. But is when stop I say motion. toy motion, toy motion, I mean yeah. like they were moving characters. Yeah, that's you know? stop. That's stop motion. That's man, that motion. as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. I'm not fighting with you in this. What I'm saying is, this was one of the most impressive animated films. Take away the story. Take away Spider Man. Take yep. away everything that tugged on my heartstrings. Yep. This is one of the most impressive animated films I have ever seen. If it does not win the Oscar for Best Animated Film, something is wrong with the Oscar Academy. This beats Incredibles too. It does. Yeah, for sure. No question. No, no, no.
1: This movie is such a masterpiece of animation and storytelling that... I don't just think that it is the best animated movie of the year. It might be the best superhero movie of the year. I'm with you. And when we walked
0: out, the first thing I said to you when we walked out of the theater was like, you know what? I don't care if they make any more live action films. Right. If If, they can do it like this. If they
1: can make superhero movies like this movie... Give me Wolverine. I'm fine. Give me
0: Captain America. Just do it. Give me the Fantastic just, Four.
1: Just I, do it. I don't
0: give a shit. Do it. And then we don't have to worry about actors growing up and shit. You know, yeah, like, right. We don't, we don't just have, have to worry about the voices. We don't have That's to worry it. about
1: Chris Evans getting too old to be right. Captain America.
0: Or not wanting to show up for months at a time to get like ripped and do a bunch of fucking stunts. Whatever. Yeah. Let him do the no, voice. I,
1: it's, if you can do it this well, I don't it's, care. This is an incredible of ch- achievement. Uh into the Spider-Verse was an incredible achievement. It really was. And it it didn't just deliver in terms of art style or animation. It delivered in terms of story and yeah. heart. And like, so far, we've just been talking about the animation. Right. Like, it was such a heartwarming film. And it was Miles Morales' film. From start to finish. 100 percent
0: Like there's two different Peter
1: Parker's. In other this. other characters get, are there. You, you other get Chris Pine, there.
0: you get as Peter Parker, and then you get what's his name? Jake uh, Johnson. Jake Johnson, who's wonderful. And they're both wonderful right. you as get, Peter Parker. Yeah,
1: you get you get the old style Peter Parker and you get Miles. You know who
0: my favorite Peter Parker was though? It was Nicolas Cage. <laughs> He was so good. Spider-Man Noir. He yeah, was so Spider-Man great. Noir as
1: Nick as And uh, I love that like Nicholas Spider-Man, noir,
0: Spider-Man couldn't noir couldn't
1: see color. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't <laughs> see color. It, this was such a great achievement. A great achievement really in filmmaking, was. not just in animation, and it elevated the genre of the comic book movie in such a way that like live action movies are going to have to catch up.
0: Totally. I mean, like, if you think about the way there's been massive, amazing stunt work in all these live-action Marvel movies that we love, and it's been incredible, but just the scenes, the animated scenes of Miles Morales, like, learning right. to flip around yeah, 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 yeah. and swing through the city and shit like that. Right, It was breathtaking. It was breathtaking. It was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, And it, like, harkened back to everything that I love about the Spider-Man video game that I've just been playing. Right. Where... You're not going to be able to do that in a film without CG. You're faking it one way or another.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You know what I mean? Exactly. There isn't an actor that's going to be able to move like Spider-Man. So let's get over it at this point. I'm saying let's get over it, and if you want to give me more animated films that are this high quality, that are this well voice acted, that have this much weight behind the story. It did have weight. It, it really did have did. Weight. Like, quite honestly, and I said this again to you right when we left, this is how they should have introduced Miles Morales. This is 100% how they should have done it. I don't give a shit about the eight-month-long crossover that took place that melded the Ultimate Universe with the Marvel Universe. This, the way they did it here was so well done and tasteful yeah. and fun and just ridiculous. Ridiculous. And I loved, they kept introducing spider characters, and they did it through comics, where it'd be like, alright, here's my story. Bam! And a comic book lands on the screen, right. you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it gives it this brief origin of who they were. And each one was wonderful. Just yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I mean,
1: okay, so this movie was only... An hour and 40 minutes long. Yeah. Which is unbelievable because it did more. Yeah, like Toy Story was
0: like the last Toy Story was like two and a half fucking hours. It did more. (laughs) It did more
1: to serve these characters in an hour and 40 minutes than the last solo superhero movie did in two plus hours.
0: Yeah. I mean, and just like the way they introduced Miles and set him up as a believable kid and set up Miles' parents. That there's some like wonderful parental interaction between Miles and his yeah, dad. Like, Miles and his mom and, and, it, and Miles yeah. and his uncle, who we all know who he turns out to be. Right. No spoilers so here, but like
1: he's like the way that they deal with character relationships, they do such a good job exploring these relationships in the small amount of time that they yes, have. Absolutely. And even when we meet
0: Aunt May. Yeah. Even when we meet Aunt right. May. Yeah, right. It, like it turns out May is not the hapless, old, ridiculous, no. No. you know, like, you know, sad <laughs> like right, old right. fogey that we're used to. Like, she's capable. She right. knows Peter's secret. She under I'm no spoilers here, but like she is all ready to help Miles out and right. shit. And yes. like and it is one of the best Aunt Mays. I've ever seen Lily yeah. Tomlin does the voice right and she kills it and she's wonderful I liked this Aunt May more than any Aunt May I've ever seen like I loved the Marissa
1: Tomei as Aunt May as yeah, like and the young cute. hip Aunt May I liked Iron whatever, Man whatever I liked Iron Man flirting with her yep, and whatnot yep, yep but this Aunt May was so oh, much better blew her out of the so water much better. yes <laughs> yeah. this is the traditional Aunt May that you know but extended to the no spoilers l- right but extended to the logical conclusion, like if, right. if Aunt May was part of Spider-Man's life from the beginning for an X amount of years, this is the character you get. Yeah, she would have to be a moron,
0: not right? To know,
1: right? Exactly. And like this
0: one knows, she's empowered and she's helping. Right. You know, and it's it, so good. It's fucking awesome. She's basically like Peter Parker's Alfred. Alfred, yes. Yeah. Right. She and and it's and it's so much better than anything they've ever done with that character in the comics. And I walked yes. out of there, and the first thing I said was, This is how
1: they should have done Miles Morales. This is exactly how they should have done it. This was an incredible, an incredible version of these characters. Truly. Brought to life on, this, on the big screen. Uh, you don't need to know anything about what happened in the comics? It no. streamlines their histories in a way that totally makes sense. Yeah, like like and take your kids, take your
0: little dudes, because they'll be able to follow. It's fun. Yeah, it's fast. Yeah, it's hilarious. And if you're worried it's got about some like, weight to it, it's if, not scary. But like, it's there's still like serious stuff going oh, on. Oh, and it
1: is like a true love letter to comic books. Yes, like the Kingpin. He's a major part of the movie. Sure, Liev Shriver does his voice. The kingpin in this movie is directly influenced by Bill Sienkiewicz. Yes. Bill Sienkiewicz's work on books like Elektra Assassin. Right. Where they just draw um, him like a mountain. He's massive.
0: Yeah, like he's just, he's shoulders and there's a little head in the middle. Right, you know? and <laughs> there there is a
1: scene in the movie where the kingpin is reminiscing about Things that have happened to his family. Yes. And it is fucking, it is Bill Sinkiewicz. It's Bill Sinkiewicz art. Yeah. On the big screen. It's incredible. It is amazing. Uh, and they, they're not doing that for the kids. No, they're not. They're doing it for the They're you doing and me. it for us. They're doing it for right. us old assholes. They're so, going to go and just be like, oh my God. Like, this film is such a love letter to comic fans. And also at the same time, simultaneously, it is a welcome invitation. To new fans yeah. saying, hey,
0: Spider-Man is for you. At the same time and simultaneously mean the same thing. I
1: understand. <laughs> right. um, and it's saying, like, hey, look, uh, one of the biggest messages in the movie is Spider-Man is all of us. Right. Spider-Man can right. be any of it's us.
0: Not just Peter Parker. Right. Like it's now. It's, it's not it's just this guy. white dudes, it's anybody. Right. It's all of
1: us. And it's dealt with in such a
0: great way. And I'll tell you what, if you stay. Pass the credits Oof. for the post credits scene, boy, doggy. Oh my god! Yeah. you will fall out of your seat, screaming, laughing. It was do- like they went to the. I'm not spoiling anything. They went to the nerdiest shit you yeah. can possibly find, You're right? And then they mixed it with some super old shit that you will well, love. First, first, <laughs> first <a> meme. <laughs> yeah, people. Know. First,
1: they started with like super heartwarming stuff. Yeah. And then they were just like, "All right, guys, you've made it this long. Here's a laugh for you." Like these are the assholes who
0: made the Lego Movie, and they know they're having fun with it. Uh, God, I loved this so much. Yeah, like this might be the my favorite movie that I saw this year. It might be. It really would. uh, Like I'm not. And I just saw Creed two, and a week ago I would have said the Creed two was probably my favorite movie I saw this year. But I think this beat it.
1: The bottom line (laughs) after all this is like believe the hype. If you have. Not seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse yet? Make it a priority.
0: Yeah, it is because absolutely watch it. Phenomenal. Go see this film. Watch it. We can't guess about it more. It was so it's, much fun.
1: Like I wish I were watching it right
0: now. Yeah, I would watch it again right fucking now. It was one of those movies where the second it ended, I want to be like,
1: play it again. Yeah, <laughs> just start it over. <laughs> yeah, start it over. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Incredible. A, 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 an amazing achievement. Excelsior! Oh. That is it
0: for THN 5-1-1. But before we get out of here, 5-1-1. Joe, Joe yeah, Patrick, that's true. I need you to set up a new question of the week for these nerds if we don't give
1: them something to keep them busy. Oh. They're just going to get in trouble. I know, really. Uh, this week's new question comes from Phil Lee via the THN forums. Nerds! Red Dead Online is here! This is Phil Lee talking, by the way. Yeah, he's got kind of a sultry voice. And I, for one, cannot wait to strap on my X-Bone controller holster and scour the virtual planes, skinning every binary beast with the ill fortune to cross my sight. Gross. Binary uh, means two-legged. No, binary beast, I mean, I
0: think he means, like, 2D. Okay zeros and ones. Sure, right. Okay. Like in the like computer program. I understand. Stay with us. Uh, bina- yeah.
1: Binary. Like you know, Billy knows bipedal. what he's talking about. All right, fine. He didn't say bipedal. All right. <laughs> Yet I ponder, what fictional world slash universe would you nerds like to see represented virtually? For instance... Do you want to know how it feels to bond to a wolf and ride like the elves of ElfQuest? Or pour yourself into a bulletproof suit and rent a room at the Continental Hotel from John Wick?
0: No. I just get killed there. Seems dangerous. Yeah.
1: Now, never you mind about any of them that done had their day like the Star Wars or the Marvels of DC and some such. Me, I always wanted... Buy myself a Firefly class Starship and work odd jobs all across the black.
0: Fuck yeah. And see how far I could sail. Now we are talking. So, not a video game that has come out where we like we got to play in that world. Yeah. A video game you would like to see. A video game. No, do, no, no. Uh, like uh, you would like to spend hundred and ten hours plus
1: a fictional universe that you world. would like to see represented in the video game space. I've already got my answer.
0: Me this too. one isn't even hard for me. If you are new to the show and you hate it more than Joe hated watching Silent Night, Deadly Night, and he hated it, I promise...
1: I don't even remember that it we watched It is just
0: because you have not we were heard... We watched Krampus. <laughs> then we watched Silent Night, Deadly Night. You did not like it. I promise it is just because you haven't heard enough yet. You can hear the entire run of THN in our digital long box archive at TwoHeadedNerd.com. But folks... Hosting that many episodes, it ain't cheap. So we want to thank donors. Like our newest PayPal donor, Frank Kouj Kuge? Cougat. Frank Cougit. Yeah. <laughs> He's an American, goddamn. Frank yeah. Frank Cougat Melanc. And Franklin, we thank you for your uh, donation. Mr. Cougar.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to our buddy, Zach Hollowell, who got himself a vasectomy for Christmas.
0: It's about time. He's made enough little monsters.
1: Word to you, buddy, make sure you pack plenty of ice down
0: there. Yeah, he couldn't call in to cover the cover today because his balls hurt. Yeah, what, I, happens. I what, get a, it. what a sissy. Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics or your retailer might just make sure you need a bunch of ice for your balls. This is the Two-Headed Nerd,
1: signing off
0: kind of can't believe we actually did we did it earlier didn't seem like it was gonna
1: happen We, (laughs) we did it